0: Thank you for listening to the Lake Murray Baptist Church podcast. Lake Murray Baptist Church is a Southern Baptist church located in Lexington, South Carolina. My name is David Sons, and I serve as the family and discipleship pastor here at the church, as well as the host of this podcast. Our hope is that this podcast will be a resource for our members who are seeking to live out their faith in Jesus Christ in their everyday lives. We want to use this platform to exalt Jesus and equip the members of Lake Murray to be the church where they live, work, and play. Welcome to this episode of the Lake Murray Baptist Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Dr. Danny Nicholson. He is the president of Connie Maxwell Children's Home in Greenwood, South Carolina. For over 100 years, Connie Maxwell Children's Home has provided hope for South Carolina children and families in need. Established in 1892 as a ministry of the South Carolina Baptist Convention, Connie Maxwell has served over 17,000 children in its long history. Dr. Nicholson came to Connie Maxwell in 2017 after serving in a number of university advancement positions in colleges and universities across the Southeast. Lake Murray has been blessed to be a longtime partner of Connie Maxwell's Children's Home, and it's a joy to have her president on the podcast. Dr. Nicholson, thanks for your time.
1: Oh, thanks so much. Glad to be with you and excited to talk about Connie Maxwell, and thank you for lake murray 's continuous support through the years uh, you guys have been so devoted to children and connie maxwell so it 's really a privilege to be with you
0: well we 're excited that you 're here. I mentioned this in the opening, but really, as we begin i I know several of our folks are just through our partnership with Connie Maxwell are familiar with uh, kind of the history and mission of Connie Maxwell, but but some of our listeners who are newer to the church or maybe new to the podcast might not know the history. And so, as we begin, could you maybe talk about some of the history and mission of Connie Maxwell and then your role as her president?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a wonderfully deep and rich history. The um so the story that goes with our name. So many times people say, "Well, what in the world? What is Connie Maxwell? Is that a person or mm-hmm. a place?" And so. It always unfolds into as a seven-year-old little girl who died uh, of scarlet fever. Uh, her daddy was Dr. J.C. Maxwell uh, from Greenwood. And uh, he was ravished and, and just really uh, torn by her passing. And uh, about that time, um, the Baptists were talking about starting an orphanage. And he heard that and something welled up in his heart uh, that said, look, I I don't have anything left except the memory of my little girl. And uh, I'll give you over 400 acres and everything I own at my death if you'll Mm -hmm. just remember Connie. And so Connie Maxwell uh, was a beautiful memory of of a child that was loved, that they lost and now for almost 130 years um, Connie has been remembered mm. through the 17, 18,000 kids who have come through this place. And her name is mentioned daily. And I know he would be proud of all the love and ministry that's been done here for children in her name. So mm. it's a rich history, a uh, great history with Greenwood. The city uh, has always been real supportive. Of course, we have other locations in Orangeburg, um, Florence, um, uh, Chesterfield, you know, we have other places, but the home, home base is Greenwood where Dr. J.C. Maxwell was from. And of course I just explained how we got the name Connie Maxwell, a tender yeah. ministry, beautiful memory of a sweet child that left too soon, but now we minister to others in her name.
0: Well, I know that when we think about kind of the name, Connie Maxwell Children's Home, we often think about kind of one type of service in one location. But as you mentioned, Connie Maxwell is spread out across the state and is serving children and families in in numerous ways. And so could you maybe talk a little bit about what services and ministries Connie Maxwell does provide?
1: So for like, uh, A.T. Jameson was the first president here. He served for 46 years. He was a man way ahead of his time. Uh, very, very focused on, um, he called it in fact he called like mental hygiene and he said that actually a hundred over a hundred years ago he said social work was a byproduct of the gospel
0: Mm, yeah
1: so this man was just way ahead of his time but um uh the history uh our 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 history has been primarily forever and ever was residential care and there's a lot going on of course uh we could we could make a whole podcast on that but Residential care was our trademark and mainstay. Uh, And so for many, many years, we were an orphanage. Then we became more of a children's home Mm -hmm. and residential became a fixed fixed core of our services. But all of these services reflected the brokenness of society or Mm -hmm. something that major was happening that the church and Christians had to come together to help children. So as society has continued, of course, to evolve, a lot of the brokenness has intensified in so many different ways. So we've had to expand our ministry to include ways to reach these children and families and try to minister to them and make them whole. And so now, more than residential, we do have a residential population. We get a lot of private referrals from the 2,100 churches in South Carolina when children need help. So we continue to do that, and we're blessed to be able to do that. We're not dependent on anybody else uh, Mm -hmm. for us to love children uh, because people have been kind and faithful to us. But the other services we have are, of course, foster care, which I know we'll discuss and which is really, really very, very critical, very, very important. But we also have family care. You know, there are, uh, David, lots of uh, women with children who sleep in their car tonight. Mm, yeah, and, and that's unacceptable mm-hmm. you know uh that's unacceptable mm-hmm. and so we have a ministry family care that actually brings women with their children and 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 males too if, if it is but pre- non- predominantly it's uh uh a mother Ma- mothers their
0: children, and their children
1: yeah right and so we 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 have a program where we try to help give them a leg up and help the children get education and help the mom maybe get her education and get a job and work through all the issues that they have to make their family whole. And that's a, that's a beautiful part of our our ministry. And then we have crisis care also, and crisis care is sort of, uh, you know, the place where a kid is, has to go in the middle of the night, something crisis has happened and they've got to put the kid in place to try to figure out where they go next and what would be best. And so, uh, that's a very, that's a very active part of our ministry too, as you, as you could understand.
0: I know I mentioned this a moment ago, and, and we'll just kind of, just maybe a, a brief answer here. I know that Connie Maxwell is a ministry started by the South Carolina Baptist Convention uh, just earlier this week. You and I were at the annual meeting of the South Carolina Baptist Convention. And so can you talk a little bit about that partnership between Connie Maxwell and the 2,100 churches that make up the South Carolina Baptist Convention?
1: Well, it's it's hard to speak about because it's so deep. It's so long. It's so full of rich history and commitment. And I I could spend the next two days just telling you all the many churches and people. I mean, just, just incredible. Um, If I go in a grocery store or a barbershop, anywhere I go in the state, if I mention anything about Connie Maxwell, inevitably somebody comes up from a church or something and says, you saved my granddaddy. I just want you to know that my granddaddy was at Connie Maxwell. And so I even got an email last night from somebody, uh, an attorney, from Nevada, Las Vegas. Wow, had the fabric of Connie Maxwell uh, weaved through her life stories and mother and grandmother and all, and so she was finally as a professional. Right, wrote me directly to say, "Look, I've got to find my grandmama. Do you have a picture? Can you tell yeah. me if she was where she was there? Uh, all that." So it's it's, it's broad, and, and so the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, is our family. I mean, is, is the support and, um, all the things that, that, that are part of our history and a part of us being able to continue to do what we do. And so, uh, Gary Hollingsworth has been a wonderful, wonderful support leader, a person who cares deeply about this. We spend a good bit of time together. Um, all the churches, of course, uh, you know, 18,000 people come here during Christmas from all the churches across South Carolina. Uh, And then we have probably 4,000 predominantly made out of churches and individuals from churches that volunteer here every year. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have a staff just to try to keep up with all the people who want to come and bring food and do work. And and we could not love and appreciate them more. So South Carolina Baptist (laughs) is at the core of our identity and who we are. And we're very thankful for South Carolina Baptist.
0: You know, one of the things you mentioned was just over, I think, what is it, one hundred and twenty-seven, one hundred and twenty-eight years of the Connie Maxwell Children's Homes history. How many stories, or I guess, how many people Connie Maxwell's interweaved into their story, right? And and how they've been deeply impacted, and their families have been deeply impacted by the ministry uh, that, that Connie Maxwell's done. And and I know just from uh, reading a little bit about you and and on, on the Connie Maxwell website, I know that adoption is a part of your own personal story. And I'm sure that that plays a major role in your desire uh, to kind of lead our state convention or to lead Connie Maxwell in these efforts. And uh, when we think about orphan care and uh, what we see, I think, reflected in the scriptures, and I want to ask you this, is, is that orphan care, adoption, foster care, that this is not just the work of people who have been personally impacted by foster care or adoption themselves, but is actually the responsibility in some form or fashion, of all Christians. And so where in the scriptures do we see the responsibility for Christians to to care for orphans?
1: Well, if we stop long enough, most of my presentations in our sermons and churches and stuff, I always at the end say, look, I'm not the only adopted one in the room. Mm, Yeah. We're all adopted. That's right. We were all lost, broken, without a father, without a family, destitute. Out there
0: hmm. and
1: of course uh, Jesus made it possible for us all to be adopted into a family that lasts forever and so it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing um, when you think about it. but it is threaded David it's threaded all through the gospel and of course, uh, when I came here, I started looking at all that more and more and diving right. into the words you know and trying to look at it. if you go from the from the front to the back, it seems like God is saying something very, very clear. Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely pointing towards the ministry for widows and orphans, define the calling of God to us for those who need us most. Hmm. And so just 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 quickly, you know, in James, of course. The scripture we all know that God the Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows. Mm -hmm. So God said (laughs) he accepts, hello, accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows. Go Mm -hmm. to Hosea in the Old Testament, for in you the fatherless find compassion. Go to Isaiah crying out, learn to do right, seek justice, encourage the oppressed, defend the cause of the fatherless, Mm -hmm. plead the case of the widow, go to Psalms, defend the cause of the weak and fatherless, maintain the rights of the poor and oppressed. Uh, One more, Deuteronomy, he defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the alien giving him food and clothing. So threaded through the scriptures, God is comparing the highest level of devotion to him to exactly what we do at Connie Maxwell. Yeah. And that is to love the voiceless, the fatherless, to feed them, to love them, to teach them about Jesus. And so I don't think it could be any clearer um, that God thinks children i have often said the face of God is a child without a home.
0: Mm. Wow. Wow. I love what you said just a moment ago, just the idea that certainly all of us, if, if we are believers in Christ, adoption is a part of all of our story, right? We have been adopted in Christ. He's He's made that very clear. I think Paul makes that very clear, right? That we have been transferred out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light, that we have become uh, heirs, right? Adopted into the family of God, sons and daughters, no longer slaves to sin, but sons and daughters uh, of God. And and uh, such a beautiful picture adoption and and caring for the, the fatherless uh, is such a beautiful picture of the gospel because it is exactly what God has done for us uh yeah. and and so for us it, it becomes then just a natural um natural maybe the wrong but natural move towards those who are in need because when we God meets us in our need and then uses us to meet others in their need as well
1: well and and uh you know what greater uh what greater thing can we do than to mimic or imitate uh, the beautiful rescue that God gave for us into the, yeah. the rescue of children who are abused, broken, abandoned, uh, left hungry,
0: hmm.
1: uh, shattered, uh, inside of themselves, needing some place to go, some shelter, or some arms to hold them, tuck them in, read the scriptures, sing to them the familiar hymns our mother's saying to us Hmm. and and what is really what is really so beautiful after being here for three years is to see those kids go out and to make their own families and to have their own Christmas and to buy presents for their children and to eat chocolate on (laughs) Easter you know with 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 their family and uh, it's a beautiful beautiful thing it is
0: so I know we talked about this. Uh, we've got a number of folks in our church who, uh, in our congregation, who are either in the, in the process of becoming licensed to foster and adopt or have already worked through uh, the process or are fostering or adopting. And I know that you work with families all the time who are considering uh, what it means to open their home to a child in need. And so what are some of the primary reasons that you find people are hesitant to enter into foster care and adoption? And then the second part of this question would just be, what are some of the benefits? uh, We've already talked about a little bit, but what are some of the benefits to fostering or or adopting?
1: Well, you know, the unknown is always the scariest thing. right? we'll, we'll, We'll stop in fear of what we think something might be or not be and all and never really check into it. I think when people's compassion runs so deeply, they'll go to that next step because they want to rescue, they want to love, they want to be that bridge to this for this child, you know. But they just—they're just scared. They're too busy, or they can't handle it, or it's—it's it's too much, and and all of that just kind of spins into them until they move into a frozen state of well, maybe I, you know, I'll leave that to somebody else mm, uh, to do yeah. kind of thing. And so, I think basically though, it's—it's—it's it's, it's something that, for instance, here, you know. I've got a few things here that I can just throw out. People are wondering, like, well, how do I qualify or will I qualify? Or what do you have to do to qualify? I mean, what does this process even look like? But here's, here's just a few things just to throw out to get people thinking, you know, because it's not as big a deal as sometimes we make it. But if you're interested, you know, first of all, we, you need to have a supportive character references. People who will say, hey, man, I, like your families that are doing it at Lake Murray, the foster families at Lake Murray. One of the best ways to find out about this, I know this podcast is you know primarily for your congregation, but others may listen too. But go to those people,
0: mm, go to yeah. those
1: people, and say, "Why did you do this? How do you do it? Um, um, how how beneficial has it been?" To, you know, get their testimony because when I talk to these folks, oh my goodness, I mean, it's made their lives to make sure that this child is loved and and taught the love of Jesus. But you know, character references, people, you know. You need to be in good health. You need to be emotionally and financially stable. You have background screenings and things. Everybody wants to protect these children and make sure there aren't folks that are going to hurt them. And there's training, of course, uh, that needs to go along with this because I'll say this. This is not, you know, always said about marriage is everything you wanted and nothing you expected. That's my, that's my quote on, you know, marriage, but foster foster care is like that too. It's it's everything you want, but nothing you expect. And there's so many things you have to learn about. For instance, these children in a lot of cases have gone through through horrific things sometimes in their lives and trauma has broken them. Trauma and the brokenness inside. Well, you know, when you're thinking about a Norman Rockwell poster, and, and there's Christmas music playing in the background and everything's mm-hmm. going to be perfect. That's not always, just to be honest, that's not always the way. And, and in fact, when God adopted us, we went kicking too, didn't we? That's and right. Yeah. right. And still, It was a good.
0: messy process. Yeah, right.
1: And he's patient with us. And so part of being like God is being patient in this process and learning and understand how kids can be healed and made whole. Uh, some of that's a really, really tough challenging things but the training that you go through helps you understand how to translate uh, that stuff and of course we all know if a child is loved if a child can be given a sense of safety protection uh, then they can come out of the things that, that, that have broken them and live a whole life and I think that's our job that's our job as Christians is to provide that help and then understand and be patient with them the way God's been patient with us.
0: yeah I appreciate just your honesty on the reality of what fostering and adopting actually is. it's It's opening up your family and your home to invite in a, a child that that potentially has neither or is coming from a very, very broken environment and And that is, like you said, it's not always an easy or oh. simple process.
1: And you don't want to paint it that way either. You don't want to paint it as something that's just, you know, you know, simple and all downhill and kind of right. thing. The cross was yes. downhill, was it?
0: That that's exactly what I was about to say. But just because it's not an easy process doesn't mean that God is not in it. And doesn't mean that God has not called families to it. Uh, and that oftentimes in our vulnerability, in our brokenness, in this hardship, God is God is sanctifying us and he may be saving this this child um, by placing them in a home where the gospel is not only preached and proclaimed, but is, but is exemplified yes, uh, yeah. in, in a mother and father and bro- siblings who are welcoming, who are opening up their lives and homes and saying they're considering others more significant than themselves. They're saying this is going to be hard. It is going to be inconvenient. This is going to be something that is going to be messy and difficult at times, but, but God has called us to it. And just because it's hard doesn't mean that it's not good.
1: Well, you know, Jesus, Jesus is God, right? Mm. And he right. sweated blood in Gethsemane. He 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 if I don't have to do God it, Father, if I don't have to do this, let it pass. Mm. But 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 he loved us, he wanted to rescue us so badly that he was willing to choose, to go through that, yeah. to adopt us. Yeah. And so I even think the discipline and heartache and commitment uh, is a part of the glory mm. of rescuing a child. Mm. You know, if we could all translate, and I'm getting old now, David, I'm starting to get to a little place where I might learn a little something. And better hurry up, you know? And, well, and here's what here's what I'm learning. And I will challenge everybody in the congregation who's listening to this right now to just reflect for a moment. The worst, most challenging times, the most broken times of your life was the place where glory seeped through. Mm-hmm. And you saw the face of God in a way that you never had seen it before and would have never seen it if you hadn't been driven to your knees in dependency on him. And so there's crazy. a lot of analogies, man, to this, you know, you will be driven to your knees, it will be a challenge. Uh, but it was for Jesus, and he loved us enough to go through it, so we could be rescued and adopted into his family.
0: Yeah.
1: Kind of yeah. Easy, easy to see that that's part of it.
0: That's good. Well, you mentioned a minute ago, and I want to go back to this uh, just kind of as we, we we wind up here. But if we do have, I think we probably, my hope is that through this podcast and through uh, just families in our church who have modeled this, you mentioned that a minute ago, that, that this may be something that actually spurs families, challenges families, encourages families in our congregation to get involved in fostering and, and adopting. And so if we had a family who's listening to this podcast and they were beginning to consider this, I know you mentioned finding some of those folks who've already done it, ask them what what their why was, give their testimony for it. But but are there, is there any other advice you would give to a family considering uh, stepping into foster care or adoption? Pray. Mm, it's good.
1: Just pray. My my calling here. I was with uh, 35 years in eight different institutions of higher education. You know, mm. I had my plans. I had my PhD. I had all my stuff lined up, right? Until God interrupted me divinely Mm. in my brokenness. He led me to finish the circle. He made sense of the circle of my life. So I was adopted in 1962 by a maintenance worker and a school teacher who brought me home and gave me a wonderful, wonderful life. I walked through all of my schooling to college, I walked through this career, and then he came back and finished the circle of my life, made intimate, intimate meaning, and the timing, the timing drove me to know that somebody knew me better than myself, and I had prayed for all those years, God used me, and I hope somebody here says this, God, use me at the highest level. Take my story. Help me to finish my story in you, not somebody else's. God, call me specifically. Personalize this. Show me what it is my compassion or my gifts. Well, how can I use them at the highest level? And he drove me back to the place where I was given life by a couple and made it to where now I can give a life to the children, just like he gave me through them. So I would say pray. I would say pray and ask God, is this my calling? Mm, Am I a nurturer? Do I love children? Am I able to, you know, just pray. And and, and, and in my heart, I know for sure, he drew me, he, he, he built the mosaic of what he wanted to do for his glory. And then it was easy for me to see after praying and spending um, a lot of time seeking, what could I do to make the biggest difference in my life for Jesus? Uh, he revealed that to me and he will reveal it to you, too. If you just stop and ask him to show you how to use what you've got at the highest level. And I've already said in the scriptures, <laughs> this is pretty this is a pretty high level. It's
0: pretty man. clear, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate so much just the emphasis on prayer and I do think you're you're right. That's the best advice that we can give is just to pray and seek the Lord on this and he'll bring clarity as to whether this is uh is is the will and and regardless of of whether or not he leads us to to actually uh, fostering or adopting all of us in some form or fashion can support the work of foster care and adoption uh and and the work of ministries like Connie Maxwell across our state. And so staying on the theme of prayer, uh, I just wonder if you would kind of maybe close out our interview by just kind of sharing with some of our listeners how we can pray for for you and and continue to support the, the ministry of Connie Maxwell.
1: Well, we have just unfolded a strategic plan called A Decade of Dreams, hmm. and that's going to be in the next 10 years. And uh, I'm asking for prayers from people. For us, you know, we've always been great totally great at loving children and nurturing them and teaching them about Christ and all, but I I feel like in our leadership team and others around us feel like he's leading us to a deeper understanding of healing Mm. and brokenness of children. You know, we know, so Jesus is the source, of course, of, of all healing, but we believe that there's so much that we have learned that can help us teach and practice things that can make children whole. Uh, So the gospel and then just conversations and understanding the brokenness of kids. So I I would ask you listeners and others to uh, pray that we continue to be uh, uh, excellent at what we do because we have been for 130 years, Mm -hmm. but also pray for our future as we seek to go deeper and listen to uh, Jesus lead us to where it would be a a higher level of healing in a way um, that, that we can make sure our children. Or whole of course we are benevolent Mm -hmm. um and can i spell that real quick B e
0: (laughs) b e n e
1: n e v o l e n t. right so that's it i'm just spelling it because a lot of people don't know and listen i'm not embarrassed at all to ask people to give everything they own Mm -hmm. i mean it's deserving You know, if you gave everything you own, and a lot of people do, in their estates and stuff, man, we have people who don't even hardly know this place who leave everything they own because they know they can't miss the target if they're giving it to Jesus and children. Wow! So I don't mind saying to folks that if you know you're able and God's blessed you, listen, you know we need your support to make sure these children um, are ministered to and loved uh, back into wholeness. So pray, pray for us in our future. Pray for us in the ministry that we're doing. Pray for our children. Uh, make a gift. Come visit us. Volunteer. Bring something to Christmas. You know anything that you can do to help these children will be greatly appreciated. So just those those are the things I can think of that would be uh, most important to pray for.
0: Well, Danny, we certainly are thankful to partner with you in the present uh, through the ministry here, at Lake Marie Baptist Church, and we are excited for the future of Connie Maxwell Children's Home and. For more information about Connie Maxwell Children's Home, you can visit their website, ConnieMaxwell.com. There you'll find a list of services and ministries and things that Connie Maxwell is a part of. We give to Connie Maxwell Children's Home through the cooperative program. And a part of that is what we do with our GoFundMe missions uh, efforts here at Lake Burner Baptist Church.
1: Hey, if I could end with one last quote and then we'll leave. Remember go I for said, it. Don't give me the microphone right. now go said, for it. A.T. Jameson, who I mentioned earlier, was one of the first presidents, was here 46 years and an incredible legend. In fact, the shadow of this institution is in that one man's, um, the shadow of A.T. Jameson. Uh, But I was reading late one night and I saw a quote that he he gave. uh, And I just have taken it to heart. And I usually share it everywhere I go because it's it's so beautiful. But Hmm. Dr. Jameson said this. Give me not riches. Give me not power. Give me not fame. Oh Lord, allow me the privilege to walk hand in hand with a child through your gates.
0: Wow. Wow. What a powerful moving statement from A.T. Jameson. And uh, Danny, we appreciate so much your work and appreciate you spending time with us today on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Excited to partner with you in the future. God bless you. And a special thank you to you, the members of Lake Mary Baptist Church, and to all of our listeners. Remember, this podcast and the other ministries of Lake Mary Baptist Church are brought to you by the generous tithes and offerings of our church membership. To give to the ministries of Lake Mary Baptist Church, you can follow the link in the description. For more information about Lake Mary Baptist Church, you can always visit our church website, www.lakemurraybc.org. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. By subscribing, you'll be notified whenever a new pod is posted. We hope that you'll join us again next time as we seek to live in light of the gospel in the places where God has placed us for his glory,
1: our joy, and others good.